0: This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. We we'll go to Philippians chapter 3, which is our foundational scripture that we have and we're continuing on the subject of pressing towards the mark of the high calling, for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And Paul says here in Philippians chapter 3, beginning at verse 13, he said, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press Toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if in anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. I'm glad you're here. So if you're any of you are thus minded about anything, God is going to reveal it even unto you. So we're using this scripture to help us to understand how to press towards the prize, the mark for the prize of the high calling. That's how we do when, you know, we have to make, we have to make continual progress. You cannot stop. You cannot be stagnant. We have to make continual progress in our lives. How do we reach forward to those things that are before us? And how do we forget those things that are behind us? Those things from our past. Because we have to move forward and we have to forget those things that are in our past. Amen. And listen to me closely. We need to be in a place. We need to and we should want to be in a place where we are consistently making progress. You have to consistently make progress. Now, like I said last week, being consistent can be difficult. Being consistent can be difficult. And I told you that the will of God, remember, is always in front of you. Know that. The will of God, the will of God for your life is always in front of you. Always in front of you. That keep in the forefront of your mind. The will of God. That means you don't ever have to wonder what the will of God is right there in front of you. Are you following me? But sometimes we can struggle to press forward. To press and move. We can struggle to get from one place to the next. There are times that we're moving, but we're not moving forward. We're just moving. We're just busy. We're just doing things. But we're not moving forward in a progression fashion. We need to be progressing. We need to be moving forward. We don't need to just be spinning our wheels. We don't need to be busy and doing things and tiring ourselves out at the end of the day and still just where we always been. No progression. Amen. Because we do a lot of stuff in a day. But at the end of the of the day, you just back where you started. And you've even said it like, Oh Lord, it seems like I've been just busy all day, but ain't nothing really going on. Now, sometimes we don't press forward or make progress because of these things. Sometimes because we're unwilling. I'm just unwilling. To do the things that I hear and I know I'm supposed to do. I'm just unwilling to do that. You know, God will speak something through the pastor or through one of the ministers or he's just, just, just teach something. And then all of a sudden you'd be like, mm mm-hmm, but I ain't doing that. That's unwilling. You gotta get outside the package. If you're always looking at the package that God is delivering his message to, you're gonna miss it. You're gonna miss it. You got to get outside of the package delivering the message and get into the message. Get into what God is saying and speaking to your heart. Amen. Sometimes we're unable. We're just unable to. Like, okay, I'm first of all, one, I'm not willing. And then sometimes I'm just not able to. And then sometimes we just can't press forward because we don't have the knowledge. You don't have no, You're just unknowledgeable on how to move forward. You know, when, when we're unwilling, sometimes you can enjoy being stuck. Oh, you say you don't want to be stuck. You say you don't want to keep living like you've been living. You say you want things to be different, but you stay in that stuck place. You want to stay in your past. You say, I don't want to stay in my past. I don't want to stay, you know, I I don't want to stay where I am. I want to move forward. Sometimes you're just unable to. You're just unable. You know what? And when I say you're unable, you just don't have the tools. Now, some of you have been sitting in here and God has given you the tools and you put them on the side. You never use the tools. Because, see, now I don't know about any other church, but I can say about our church, God has given us every tool we need to make this thing work in our life. But now, giving them to you don't mean He's going to He's gonna work the tools. He just given to you. Now, if you put them to the side and don't ever use them, it makes you unable. But you can never say that you don't get the tools, because they're always given to you in this ministry. God always, every time we get up and minister word, that's another tool. That's another tool for you to operate in. But if you don't use them, or you get them and you play with them in your hand, and you repeat what's being said, but you're not doing any of it, makes you unable. Sometimes you're just unknowledgeable. You just don't know what you need to know to press and move forward. You just don't have the knowledge. For whatever reason. I can't say again, and I'm saying this because of this ministry. It's not that you not that there's a lack of knowledge going forth here because there's always knowledge going forth. But just because it's going forth don't mean that you accept it, don't mean that you received it. You just hear it. Hearing is not enough. You gotta do it. Hearing anybody can hear. But unless you do it, you're still unknowledgeable. Unless you take information, make it knowledge, and then when it's knowledge, you have heard it. But um, it becomes wisdom when you do it. And that's where we seem to miss it. We can't do it. you got to exercise. Oh, I'm, I, I don't heard people talk year after year what they're going to do. But they can't, they don't have the knowledge to do it. Are you with me? And, and and you need to. Now, I told you in pressing forward over the next ten months, individually, and as a church, I believe that it's it's going to be extremely important. I don't want to see anybody, anybody that I'm pastoring, stuck in your heart and in your mind. It's, you know, and not knowing what God's desire for you, to you is. You know what? God's desire for you is told to you every day. I don't know what God's desire for me is. I don't know what. You know what? You, if the, these next ten months are critical that you be on point. That you understand where God is taking you. It's critical. I'm telling you, it's even more critical than than last year. This is one of the reasons why you can't get moving. When we can't press, we're not making progress. And where you're really stuck is in your heart and in your mind. You're stuck there. See, some people think they're not stuck there because they can quote scripture. The enemy can do that. Anybody can quote scripture. But you're really stuck in your mind and in your heart. And and I'm gonna show you why you're stuck, and you can and and now you can stop saying that you're really moving because you're not. This is how you know you're stuck. You keep revisiting and revisiting things and going back around things, and you're just trapped with things in your heart and your head, things that have happened, things that are going on. You keep your past and what this happened. You just keep revisiting it, keep revisiting it, keep revisiting. That's called being stuck. Are you with me? We got hurts we keep revisiting. Feelings, emotions. Oh, and and let's not even talk about because can't nobody get in their feelings like the, the people of God. And, and and you're stuck in that. You you're just stuck in it. Amen. And and thoughts. And we know what we need to do with thoughts, but we don't do it. We just keep thinking on it. And God has told us over and over what to do with thoughts. And I like the way I found it. Pastor used to say, he said, You can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can definitely stop him from making a nest in your hair. So you can have the thoughts, but you gotta do something about it. You gotta say, Oh no, that thought was, now that was wrong. That was all kind of wrong. I need to make that thing pay. I got to go through the scriptures and I gotta make that pay. I gotta hold that thing captive and say, you're going to pay. And then I use every scripture I can find until I beat that thing down and out of my mind and out of my heart. But instead, we just sit and meditate on it. We meditate on all of that foolishness. That's what keeps you in unforgiveness. That's what keeps you sad. That's what keeps you all messed up and and just can't stuck. That's what keeps you stuck. Just revisiting. It's like looking at an old TV show over and over and over again. I've done that, you know, TV shows that I like or, or something, and I'll look at it again again again. That's kind of what we do. And that's called being stuck. You just keep doing that over and over again. Okay, let me, re, let me rewind it and look at that again. And let me look at that again. This is one thing you should know about always looking back as well. Did you know when you look back in the past, on whatever situation it is, do you know every time you look back you see something different? You see something different. I'm talking about the same situation. That's why God don't want you always looking back there. Because the same situation, and then all of a sudden you get mad all over because you've seen something else. In that same deal, and you keep looking back, you look back again, and then you see something, I can't believe Well, you know, because you keep looking back, and every time you look back, you're gonna see something different. Revisiting, and that keeps you stuck. Are you with me? And it's so contrary to be stuck to the Word of God, because everything in the Bible speaks to the fact, as believers, God wants us to press and move. If you read the Scriptures, the Bible always talks about us arising, going, pressing, leaving, walking, running. The Bible tells us all of that. The Bible tells us as believers, if you go back and read it, it's really telling us, as believers, our life is linear. Our life is linear. A progression. A moving forward. You just don't want to be stuck. And so many believers... And they love God, but they're just stuck. You're going to heaven, but you're stuck here. You're stuck trying to trying to work the Word of God, but you're just stuck because you keep doing the things that keeps you trapped. And I made this statement. And I'll probably make it throughout this whole series. I've made this state statement. And I'm going to say it over and over again because it's very important. I said, if you were born again. You're a born-again believer, full of the Holy Ghost. And to the best of your ability, you've been applying the Word of God to your life. I'm, and when I say that, I'm saying you take Romans 12, and you renew your mind. You take Corinthians 10, and you begin to take those thoughts and bring them into captivity, make them faith. You're doing all of that. You are believing God for what His Word says. You're born again, full of His Spirit, and you're doing all of that and you still can't get up, and you're still struggling, you may need some outside help. There could be many other things wrong. Mentally, I told you that could be a chemical imbalance. There could be trauma. There could be a prediction. It could be something else going on. Remember, we are spiritual, but we live in a natural body. You've you got to understand that. And You live in a natural body, and you might need some extra help if you've done all that I said before. See, because I don't want to undercut God at all or, or, or Jesus and what He can do, because He's the healer, He's the deliverer, He's an awesome God, and He can do everything that we need. But I'm saying, if you're struggling and you're stuck, you can't even, get, you can't even believe for that truth. You can't. And so because you can't, it doesn't mean that God's not able. So you have to go to your primary doctor and say some things that's going on. And then and and, and see if you might need some, some something else, some other help. Amen. You if you can't seem depressed, you may need additional help. That is, you're just struggling. You need some other tools to help you listen beyond spiritual tools for the natural body. Now, if you're doing all of that, if you're born again, full of the Spirit, walking in the Word of God, you tearing down strongholds, you're doing all of that, then God's Word should work in your life. Now. Now, people always, oh, I know they're doing this because they said, just because a person said something don't mean that's what they're doing. I don't know why people get in there. If a person said, they like, okay, they had to be doing this. They did this. They did that. I'm like, what about fruit? That's what I don't get about people that, uh, about people that, 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 you know, you know, for some people, anybody die, they go into heaven. People that lived wrong all their life. They died. Thank God they're in heaven. I had a dream they was in heaven. A, like a dream means something. I'm like, that's to make yourself feel good. That's all that is. That's to help. Because you stuck. Because God said you'll know them by their fruit. You can't underscore that and say, oh, no. That, you know, they, they went to heaven. Everybody, everybody, go. Everybody, once they die, went to heaven. No, we, we we see. There's a mental problem there. Are you not reading the scriptures right? You're not going to make somebody be in heaven because you just want them there. They got to work this word. And there's no such thing as somebody said, yeah, I know that they confessed the Lord. I know they knew God. And they living like sinners. No way. That's not the fruit. God said, no way. I don't care how much you try to make it right. I don't care how much you try to say, well, I know they knew the Lord. I know they said they loved the Lord. How did they live? See, you're just making yourself feel good. But see, I want to crush all that so that you can get the reality and say, you know what, I don't care what you're saying, I'm going to minister to you. Because once it's done, it's done. Once a person takes their last breath, there's no do-overs. Are you with me? Now, we talked about it uh, uh about two weeks ago, I talked about the, the mental health part. And, you know, and sometimes we need the mental uh, restoration. And we need to go. We're going to move on from that because we talked about that. Amen. You, you, you do everything that you know you're supposed to do. Amen. I need to make sure everything. Listen, you need to make sure everything in your natural health is in order. Because guess what? If your natural health is off it can affect your mental health did you hear me if your natural health is off it can affect your mental health it'll it'll affect your mental ability to do because your natural health is off if your balances is off if your levels are off if your numbers are down if what whatever that's going on well you know whatever it need be Those things can cause a reaction because you live in a natural body. Are you with me? There are some of us, not all of us, we go through different things in life, or we have different challenges. All of us do. That happens in our bodies, and as you get older, you'll see. And and, and you may have some imbalances. And if you do, you know, it's going to stop your progress or slow it way down. Amen? So you need some natural tools to get some natural help. Amen? It's important if you're going to press toward the mark in your life. I told you the intent of this teaching is to help you. I'm not here to do anything but to help you. Are you with me? I'm here to help you. I want to help us press. In the instructions of God. All of us have, every one of us, have some spiritual, natural, and financial instructions that God has given us. Did you hear me? All of us have spiritual, natural, and financial instructions that God has given us. And I want to make sure that we are pressing in those instructions. To the best of my ability, with the help of the Holy Spirit, I want to make sure that you are following the instructions of God. The things that God has told you to do spiritually, and you haven't done them. Hmm. Are there some things that God has told you to do naturally, and you haven't done them? Are there some things that God has told you to do financially, and you haven't made the adjustment yet? If you can look back over your life and you think of what God has told you to do and you still haven't done it, you're stuck. It just simply means that I'm not pressing. I'm not pressing forward. I want to help us to grow and develop. Are you really growing? Are you really developing, or or are you just aging? There's a difference. See, just because you get older don't mean you know nothing. I said, are you growing and developing, or are you just aging? Now listen, aging is not growing and developing. Did you hear me? Aging is not growing and developing. You know you can actually, listen, do you know you can actually get older and less mature? You know, well, let's put it in layman's terms. You know, you can get older and be called an old fool. That means I, I'm aging, but I'm getting less mature in the things of God, in the things in my life, than things, period. You know how you can sometimes you see somebody, and I guess they call them sugar daddies or whatever, and you see an older guy with a young chick, and what do you say, an old fool? Well, that's the same, that's the same way you look to God. When you're growing, you're supposed to be growing and developing, but you're just aging, but you're getting less and less mature. God's sitting back on the throne saying, oh, What an old fool. I want to help us progress. I don't want to see anybody that I pastor again in life and let time just pass them by. And they have not made any progression. I told you that the teaching is threefold. I want to help us to glorify God, to remain in His will, and to mature. When I say glorify, that is to to honor God, to honor Him with our lives. I want to honor God with my life. To remain is, you know, I I always want Him to be in front of me. Always in front of us. I want to remain there. I want to remain there. You don't never have to say, God have my back. Because if He's in the back of you, you're leading. I don't need Him in front of me. And I need Him to remain there so that I can follow And then I want us to mature, because what did we say life was? Life is to develop. It means to develop. The goal of this teaching is that we reach the mark, and the mark that I'm defining in this particular teaching is the will of God. The will of God. For this dispensation in every dispensation in your life. And what is a dispensation? A span of time. And all of us have a dispensation. We go in and out of dispensation. A span of time in our life. We had a few objectives and I said to, to teach us how to press forward from our old life. And that's what we started on last week. I want to teach us how to press forward from Loss. I want to teach us how to press forward from disappointments. I want to teach us how to press forward when we miss God. And then I want to teach us how to press when we're in a stagnant state or a stagnant place. Now go, if you will, to Genesis chapter 19. And I want to slow down because remember I told you at one time I said jump on jump off, but this train is gonna keep going. But I'm gonna slow down because I, as your pastor, want don't want to leave anybody behind. I want you to grab this. I want you to get this. I want this to to resonate on the inside of you day day in and day out. So I slow down so that you can get it. In Genesis 19, I want to remind us that last week we looked at how to press toward, to to, to move forward from our old life. How to leave the old life in the past. And I'm not talking about sins and addictions and behaviors. Not only that, much more than that. I'm talking about in your life where there's shame, embarrassment damage, things that may have been broken in your life, either you broke it or somebody broke it in your life, those are the things that I want to deal with. And then we talked about how do I leave this old life in the past? Because you can be saved for years and not really ever go forward from the old life. You can be saved and still in the old life. So you have to press forward. We said last week that you must be willing to leave your old life. Again, you have to have a will to I want to leave this life. I don't want this life attached to my new life. But it will attach itself to your new life and you will think that you are okay. And you just said you got so much of that old life in you. But we are going to get it out we looked at abraham last week as our example when god told him to leave his country his kindred his father's house and go to a place that he would show him he was telling him that in order to fulfill my will you're going to have to leave your old life that's basically what he told abraham abraham at the time you're going to have to leave if you're going to be in my will you got to leave The old life. And there's many of us as believers, you're still holding on to things from our old life. Holding on to the way you used to do things. Mm -mm. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things and old ways of doing things have passed away. All things are new now. And we're not in that. Not things that we want to pick and choose, but the old life. See, we want to pick and choose things we want to let go of and then keep those things that we want to keep. And that's not good for you. Some of you have to leave old people behind. Some people in your life, from your past, before you knew the Lord. You know, you'd be like, oh, no, but they still... No, no. For some, you have to let it go. Because people from your past before Christ, they are not equipped to help you in your new life. They are not equipped to help you in your new life. As a matter of fact, they're going to drain you and they're going to lead you to distraction. And see, we even, you know, we, 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 we can't rightly divide. Because not only are we just talking about people, that can be family but see, when I teach this, what you hear is, leave your family alone. Don't have nothing to do with them. And I'm not saying any of that. I'm talking about them putting a drain and a strain on you and keeping you from the will of God. But but somebody is going to say, somebody's going to do something stupid and act like, you know, I don't want to have nothing else to do with my family. I know what they, I, I know what they into. No, 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 no. You just can't let them drain your life. You just can't let them lead you in distraction. You can't hang out. See, people want to live a a certain way. They want to straddle. They want to stand in two places at one time. You can't do that. Make a decision. People that you knew and friends that you knew and family members that you knew before Christ, they're going to negatively pull on you while you're trying to press forward. And see, some of you like, oh, you know, I want her to, you know, get into this and I, you know, I want him and I want... Listen, no. That's old life stuff. The other is because I've left my old life, be, you know, and, and see, this is, this is the thing. We like, okay, well, we can just go on past that now because, you know, I, I, I'm done with the old, my old life. Because all you res, resonate with your old life is sin. But it doesn't necessarily have to be sin. It's just what you don't need in your life right now. Wrong people. Wrong places. That may not necessarily be sin, but they're not good for you now. And don't be so sure that you've left your old life. Be careful. Because let me tell you something. All you got to do is suffer a loss. Or a disappointment. Or you missed the mark. And you still have people from your old life in your life. And you'll see they'll become an impediment to you moving forward. They will has nothing to do with your love for them, but they will become an impediment. Listen, let me tell you something. When you suffer loss of somebody you love, or or just suffer loss, period, listen, and you still have old people in your life influencing you, they will not help you to overcome that loss. They will not. They'll say things that trigger all kinds of things. They will not help you overcome that loss. If you're going through a disappointment and you're still holding on to that old lifestyle, the things that with that old lifestyle, you, 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 things that are not sufficient, you're holding on to it and you think it's going to help you with the issues that you face in your life in Christ, it won't help you. It's going to hinder you. That old life is attaching itself to you. Are you with me? We have to be willing to leave our family. Now listen what I'm saying. The ungodly influence of our family. Now if you're a godly influence in your family, God is not talking to you about that. But if you have ungodly people in your family and they influence you, that's different. You got to stop being defined by your family history. I know where we all came from. But we have to be willing to leave those things behind. Now, understand this. And I believe in... And Family is wonderful. It's a wonderful thing. And an important thing. But you have to get your family in the right place in your life. Even though they're important, you have to get them in the right place in your life. All right, let me tell you, family members, they'll use you up for everything they can. And they're not going to do anything. They know just how... But you know what? But that's been for years. See, it's that old lifestyle that just won't go away. It's because it's stuck to you. Even though you're born again, full of the Spirit, and love God, you still... Being taken by the influence of an ungodly family member. You don't want that. You gotta let it go. You, you know what? You're okay with letting it go. You you have to be okay with that. You gotta say, you know what? I'm okay with that. I gotta let it go. Because they're influencing you. Well, how, well, how do you mean influencing? If your family members influencing you not to go to church, if you're putting God on hold for them, that is an ungodly influence in your life and their family members. If they always got something else going when you should be giving all that you need in your life with the things of God, they're going to disappoint you. Because you have put God on hold. Again. Again, now you know that you're stuck because this is, has been a pattern most of your life. So even though you're born again and full of the spirit, you're still stuck. Wrong choices. Wrong influences. Amen. You have to be willing to leave the family. Family can dominate your life. Family can dominate your life. Family can control your life. And family can stop your life from making progress. Stop you from going forward. And you really think you're going forward. And you're not. Family choices, it'll just stop you right in your track. And you'll be like, how did I get that far off? Because you're stuck. There's nowhere in the Word of God that says pull over and stop doing my will because somebody that you're related to needs you to pull over and stop. Not here. It's not here. Nowhere in the Scripture where it says if your relatives need you to pull over and stop, then you need to stop. It's not found in the Scriptures. I can't stop doing the will of God. Those are things that you make up in your own heart. Well, I'm gonna help do this, but I'm gonna, you know, you know, I know their family, so I'm gonna do no that's in your own heart and in your own mind. And then that makes you feel like you're compelled to do something. So actually what you're compelled to do is say, God, I'ma put your will on hold right now. See, this pandemic has messed a lot of us up. I'll get to that in a minute. Many of you, listen, many of you, you have financial problems today. You have spiritual problems today. You have natural problems today. But if you go and look at the origins in your family... They have pulled you away from where you need to be spiritually. Now, again, don't be upset about it. Don't be dismayed about it because we're here to help. God is just pointing it out to you now. He's got the solution. Your family have drained you, and has called you caused you not to do. What you need to do naturally. And for God's sake, your family is wrecking your finances. Oh my gosh. Wrecking your finances. Why? Because you're making bad decisions. Decision to help people that are living. Listen, you're making wrong decision to help people that's living on the other side of the flood. Not good. You're stuck. See, you gotta own this. See, you can't try to try to listen to this and then decipher what's you and what's not. All of it's you. We gotta get this. God is saying, no, they've wrecked your finances. They've wrecked, uh, just stopped you in your tracks. Pulling you away from where you need to be spiritually. Living in a place where God would not have them to be. And you're helping them. Then we said that we have to embrace our new life. I have to embrace wholly, fully my new life. Understand this. Your life is now hid in Christ. Your, you, 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 my new life is church. It's about the things of God. That's your new life. But let me give you, give you a caution to many of you. You have to be very careful with what the pandemic does or have done. You got to make sure that the pandemic have not created in you an opportunity for you to go back to your old lifestyle you left it's easy to do because see i'm not i'm I'm, I'm not seeing everybody it's easy to get back in your old lifestyle because you're not fellowshipping in you you're doing this i can let me tell you people that have left. Just during the pandemic. Because again, I understand that old lifestyle got you way away. You were not had streaming. And you're back in that old lifestyle. And I'll guarantee you, we're going to hear about it. Some of the people, you're going to hear about divorce. And you'll be like, oh my God, when they was at church, it seemed like that. Because that old lifestyle, the pandemic, has got you flowing out of that old lifestyle. Got to be careful. Many people have told me how blessed they was with the streaming, with the pandemic, with the word of God. But guess what? There's many people during this time has gotten distracted, discouraged, unfocused. You start picking up other things and listening to other things outside of the gospel. All because of the pandemic. You start participating in things that are on the edge, that's outside of your faith. So see, it's easy. It's easy for people to get caught up. Because see, now you, you're flowing out of that. You're flowing out of all of that. You're doing all of that. You're doing things you wouldn't normally do. But now I'm into it. Why? Because, you know, I'm a, I'm a stream, but, you know, we're not meeting We're not meeting. And then when it's time to come back and meet, you don't really want that. Everybody's talking about how, oh, we can't wait to come back and fellowship until it was time to fellowship. Because that old life is attached to you. And you say, oh, no, no. You know, you were doing everything during this pandemic. Old thoughts start flowing back in. Because, see, when you come in here on the regular, that keeps everything at bay. But see, when you're at home streaming, you don't even have stream. So you're just flowing and you think you you think you got the upper hand with the enemy? No, he had the upper hand. Got you all off focus. Are you with me? Participating in things that's outside of your faith. Mm-mm. And now you're in a place of complacency. It's developed in some of you. And some of you out there that's listening. It has developed in you. There's a comfort. See, there's a comfort in streaming and not being held accountable. We want to stream. Well, if I don't go to church, I'll just stream. And then you look for reasons not to go to church. But the Bible says, fail not to assemble yourself as the matter of some. And all the more, as you see the day approaching, you need to get in and you need to fellowship, not just stream. Stream was church when we couldn't by the law of the land. But now. But that old man is saying, we don't have to. This is just as good. We'll just do the, uh, what, the app and send our offering in and everything like that. Let me tell you, that's fine. It'll pay the bills of the church. But let me tell you, you need to come and, get, you need to come and fellowship, lift your offering up to the Lord. See, you got to believe what it's more than just about some money. It's about worshiping God in spirit and in truth. I need to come there now. If you can't, that's different. I'm talking. I'm talking about people that can and they won't. Because some people, that's what they have to do, and that's fine. But you don't have to. You need to get up and say no. I need to get up, go in, and I need to be a part of everything that's going. That's where you're going to be strengthened. You're not going to be strengthened just sitting at home streaming. When, you, when Listen, when you can come in, God blessed that dispensation of time, two years of span of time. And God blessed us. I thank God for all of the people here that know how to do all that stuff and, and, and get it up and going. And, 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 and God blessed us to keep us steady and focused. And he blessed those to come up here when all of you were sitting at home streaming and we had to come up here and still do it for two years. That complacency. You need to be in church. And I'm not just talking about just, just, just coming into a building You have to have a relationship with God. If you're able to come to church, you need to come. If you can't, that's different. Because we're not going to try to roll a hospital bed in here. You don't have to do that. God still loves you you. See, I don't want you to take anything out of context. Some of people and some of you in here have allowed activities to diminish your relationship with God my relationship is fine how is your devotional don't raise your hand and please don't answer see you you say it but this is the way that you do a self inspection see have it diminished how is your devotion? Your devotional time. How seriously do you take church? Many of you out there, your lifestyle that you have now was nothing like it was two years ago. You have started to drift. You're in here now, but I'm going to tell you, you've drifted. Your relationship that you had with God two years ago is not the same. It's not. I streamed everything. I don't care. You're going to be like somebody we're going to read about in just a minute. God is telling you, you have drifted. God said, you've drifted. you will be like, no, not me. God just said, you drifted. No, I know I haven't drifted. God said, if God said it, it's so. The lifestyle you had two years ago is not the same lifestyle. You know, people like to say, you know, church, church people are not like the people that I used to hang out with. No, they're not supposed to be. The people that you used to hang out with, that's the one who drove you to the altar. They're not supposed to be like the people you used to know. They're not supposed to be like the people from your old life. No. Thank God. That's the whole point that I see. That's not my lifestyle. You need believers in your life. Listen, if you're in the family where God is your father, Jesus is your brother, and the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you, and you have brothers and sisters with one another, that's your life. That's your life. And here's another thing. Some some of us, during the pandemic, listen, because God is talking specifically to you. During the pandemic, God said you have reconnected with old people through social media. You've reconnected with old people through social media. And you've disconnected to people that God has placed in your life to keep you, you in your right mind, to keep you focused, to help you stay focused and undistracted. You kinda, you, you talk to them every now and then. But now I'm all hooked into those that I'm connected to now on Facebook and Twitter and, and all of that. Now those are my friends. See, the pandemic that set up a whole new environment for you. But they're my friends. Oh, I haven't seen them in so long. Oh, hallelujah. I didn't even know they were going to. Those are people that you are now connected to. And you rarely talk to the ones that God said that's the ones you need to be in your life so you can stay fresh. I told you before and I told you in time past honey, you don't never have to worry worry about running from me. I don't run after nobody. You ain't never got to worry about uh, me wanting you to be around me. Because all I got to all I got to know is that you don't want to be around me, and baby, don't you worry. Don't you worry. I don't run after uh, what? See, I count what I have valuable. And nothing in and of myself. I count it a privilege and an honor for you to be in my presence because of God. And especially if I know I have something on the inside of me that I know you need. But all I need to know is you're trying to run from me. You'll never get it. And I don't care how many churches you go to. And I don't care how many ministers you talk to. (laughs) And again, not boasting about anything of myself. Not as though I have apprehended. But this one thing I do know is the relationship I have with God and what He's telling me and what He's showing me about the people I pastor. And I know some of you, you still got to struggle with that. Oh, well, I don't know. I found it, Pastor. i with my pastor. Sister Hill okay, but, you know, I just I, I, get... You know what? Please. Please. I know who I am. It's okay that you feel that way. Just get the word. You 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 can call me Sister Hill. You don't even have to call me, Pastor. It's okay. You have to learn better. Don't let this female package get you missing everything in life and you die and stand before God and He say, Now why didn't you? You be like, Well, you know, I know that you I know that you call men. God said, Well lady, is she a man. Don't let a wound get you all messed up. Because honey, I can go toe to toe with any male. That ain't, that, that, that a male or female don't know. He made them both male and female. He said, I'll pour out my spirit on my sons and my daughters and my handmaidens to prophesy to you. And you get caught up in that foolish man-made doctrine that make you feel like, oh, I, a woman can't tell me nothing." Hell has enlarged itself. y'all have got me caught up so. Maybe you' tick-tocking with friends and you you know you doing all of your, your, your stuff, your Twitter, and you connected with everybody, but wait a minute, where are the people that God intended for you to connect to? So what's happening to some of you? You have to reconnect to people who are inside of your faith, not outside of your faith. Are you with me? And see, and and this pandemic has made a lot of us forgotten. We have forgotten. Listen, we have forgotten what God delivered us from. God delivered you from old people. We've forgotten it. God has delivered you from old family. And put you in a new family. A while ago he did this just for you to go back and reconnect and get distracted and get strayed away from the place where God would have you to be. Some people during the pandemic have been strayed away from this place where God would have them to be, all because they then reconnected with the wrong ones. Oh, I reconnected to those people I went to college with. Listen, that was a reason that God lifted you out of that college the day that he did, because you would have been dead. He caused you to graduate just on time. So why are you trying to go and re I, We went to college together. You were in bondage together. And so you're excited about that? God said, I got you away from that because they won't kill you, lead you down, lead you straight into hell, and now you want to reconnect because you have Facebook Hmm. or whatever you have (sighs) are you in Genesis 19 y'all thought I forgot right God has redeemed you from some things our third point of this objective is if we have to press forward don't look back if God is telling you, now you're about to, you're going to press forward, and I don't want you looking back. Are you in Genesis 19? Now, if you've read the whole chapter 19, which was your homework, if you remember, then you know that Genesis 19 is about Lot. When he was caught up in Sodom and Gomorrah. And God got him out. And most people they focus on the fact that that when God got laid off, they everybody focus on the fact that his wife looked back and turned into a pillar of salt, and where everybody likes to look back on that because it's dramatic. Ooh, she turned into a pillar of salt. Ooh, and that's you know, and that that's what we want to look at. But let me tell you, there are some things that led to her looking back, and not only that plagued her. But also plagued Lot and plagued his family. Her physical act of looking back turned her into a pillar of salt, true. But Lot looked back in his heart. So we have to be careful when God calls us to press forward and he's telling us, don't look back. Now, let me give you something under this so you can do it. Letter A. To press forward, do not linger. Do not linger. Don't worry. Don't you worry. We go, we're going to read it. Do not linger. Are you with me? The word linger means to, to slow walk. It means to slow walk. It means to wait around. It means to delay. When it's time to press forward, you're lingering. And this made me think when I was studying, it made me think about my children. When it says slow walk. I was thinking about, you know, when your children are two, three, four years old and stuff, when they it out that, that not only they have a will, but, you know, they, you know, they, you know, they find their personality and they do all that. And you can remember like when they're that age and you tell them, come here. Come here. Did you hear me? Come here. You know what they do? And they kind of, that's called slow walk. Yeah. Slow walk. They come in, but slow. And they just, you know, and you be like, get your little tail over here. And they, slow walk. And I believe that's what a lot of us are doing with God, slow walking. God tell us to do something, we like, "Mm," slow walk. Oh, we can all remember that, that have children some of you that have little children now you're getting it now and you understand what I'm talking about right at the age when they can kind of understand English and find out at the same time they have a will I ain't coming there as fast as you begging me to get there and I, I and you know what I'm still tripping about these parents that don't spank children I'm like they must don't they, they w- w- that, that, that lets me know you know what that tells me if you go to church and live in water, and you don't spank your children, you're stuck. Cause we teach that. Any person that don't spank their child, you're a fool. And I called you that. Don't spank them. Scriptures even tell you to do that. And and the Scriptures don't even play. Scriptures straight up, beat them. (laughs) At least I'm saying spank If you don't beat your child, you need to get them straight. You're a fool if you don't spank your child. Ain't no child that good. I ain't seen one yet. And I ain't going to see one. And like Pastor Hill, I found the pastor used to always say, just get them right back there, right there on that touch, where that little fleshy part right there. That's where it really stings. All you got to do is do that three or four times. They'll obey you for everything you do. They'll remember that little sting. Just right there, right there on that little cushy part where it's real fleshy. You know that piece of fish that don't have no bone in it, that fleshy. Right there on that little touch. You just tear that little honey up right there. You just tear that right there, right there. Now, they're they're not, see, that that's abuse. Get on out of here. That's why you're in the trouble you're in now. Somebody should have bopped you in your mouth. Foolishness. You need to tear these little honeys up. That'll get them straight. Because they're growing up. Oh, I, you know, my grandchildren don't get spanking very much because, first of all, Layla's scary. And Isaiah, he's just doing his thing. But one day, I forgot what Layla did. And I heard her up there with her daddy. And I heard him getting to that little honey part back there. And it's just, I mean, but you know, her, she's extra. Girls are extra. Lord Jesus. Everybody, extend your hands toward me. Girls ain't nothing but trouble. I'm going to tell you that now. But, i and I heard him up there and I heard. And then, oh, and she was screaming like, oh, my God. And I was down there laughing because I know he wasn't doing much of anything. But but it was enough that she was screaming. And I forgot what she did. I, I think maybe she lied about something or whatever. But if you don't spank your child, I'm going to tell you now so you'll remember it. They will spank you later in more ways than one. Just talk to them. Not the ones that just learned English and found out they had a will. They're like, you ain't gonna do nothing but talk. I'ma do just what I want to. I can't wait to get the prophets over to my house, Samuel and Elijah. Them the cutest little old boys. But 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 you you get on over here. And I'm not talking about any abuse. Because if you love the Lord, you ain't abusing nobody. But Jay, let me tell you, they little tail need a little pop right there. And they'd be like, Oh, I love that pop. They'll come back. I want to go back over to Madams. See Pop right here. Where it burned. Yeah, it right there where it burned. It's okay. Because the Bible teaches us that, because God wants us to our children to be well-rounded, where they can understand that there is always authority. Because nobody's going to put up with that mess that you put up with, and they got to go into the world. And y'all got me off subject again. But listen, because I'm I want I got to get to this about Lot. Listen, and so it's called slow walking. Lingering Instead of moving, you start slow walking. Listen, first of all, as far as Lot is concerned, and we're going to read it, as far as Lot is concerned, if an angel ever came to my house and my front door and told me, you need to get out of Williamson County. Listen, I will not be in Williamson County come sunlight. I'm going to be in Bexar County, Tarrant County, Harris County. I'm going to be anywhere but Williamson County. If an angel come and knock on your door and say, God said move, I don't care what's left. I ain't packing nothing. I'm moving. Because this is what happened with Lot. Did you hear me? This is what happened with Lot. Now the angel comes and tells Lot. See you now. See your your. Uh, we got. I got it right here. But now your homework was to read 19. So what I'm talking to you about, you should already know because you did your homework. If you didn't do your homework, guess what? You're stuck. You're stuck. How forgot. No, you're stuck. Because this has to be important to you. But the angels came to him and told Lot, get out of the city. The next day, guess where Lot is? Still in the city. Now watch this. Are you in verse 19? I mean chapter 19. Verse 16. And while he lingered. See, he's just hanging around. Talking about Lot. The men laid hold upon, listen, the men, talking about the angels, laid hand, hold, hold upon his hand, upon the hand of his wife, and upon the hands of his two daughters, and the Lord being merciful unto him, and they brought him forth and set him without the city. Now, now you really need to read that whole chapter, if, you're not, if you haven't already done so, but listen, Lot's lingering. Now it said that the angels, now now this is after the angels have come to his door and told him to to go. It's time to get out of the city. The angels said they had to go take him by the hand and his wife and his children. You know how you pull somebody out? They were struggling to pull him out of the city that he just said God told him to leave. Just lingering there. I say that old self. Lots lingering, so much, he's busy talking to the people in Sodom. The Bible says that the, the, the they even tried to rape the angels, the people in that city, that he's trying to stay in. And Lot's sending people to try to appease, you know, to appease the people talking to him. He's trying to convince his son-in-laws with their corrupt tales. He's trying to teach them, trying to uh, uh, tell them they need to come out. Listen, he's just hanging around. Just lingering. When the angel said, God brought us here to deliver you. They have to do just like some parents. Go and pull you out. Pull you out. Church, be careful that you're not slow walking, God. Be careful that you're not just saying you're tired of that old life. No, you're not. No, you're not. Saying that you're tired of the old struggles. No, you're not. You're not tired of it. I, I'm tired of going through the same thing over and over again no you're not no you're not you're lingering. you just like a lot. you're just lingering around. God has given you the instructions. God's instruction ain't changed all of a sudden you're put God's instruction on the back like he never said it. you're stuck. God's word doesn't change. And now you're doing the will of God. No, you're not. You're stuck. Are you with me? Be careful you're not slow walking. God is going to always give you instruction. Always. And if you start slow walking, because you're having an infinity about your whole lifestyle, are you trying to define yourself in your family and you're not obeying the instructions of God so in order to press forward don't linger listen write this down slow obedience is no obedience did you hear me slow obedience is no obedience Mm-mm-mm i like what i like what he said they took him out the city and it came to pass when they had brought him forth abroad and he said escape now this is the angels telling lot he said now escape for your, your life look not behind thee neither stay thou in all the plain. escape to the mountains let thou be consumed this is what lot tells the angels Oh, not so, my Lord. Then the angel's telling them, God said, go to the mountains. Verse 19. Behold now, thy servant hath found grace in thy sight, and thou hast magnified thy mercy, which thou hast showed unto me in saving my life, and I cannot escape to the mountain, lest some evil take me and I die. Now, how can being as evil as a place, they they were going to rape his daughters, They're doing everything there. Homosexuality is big there. They're doing everything. They're trying to rape the angel. Now, he said the mountains is worse than that. What could be he's already in a bad place? And the angel said, get to the mountain. He said, oh, no. Something bad might happen to me there. But God said, get to the mountain. No, no. God doesn't know what he's talking about. I can't go there. Something will happen. But God said it. They said, no God said, Go to the mountain. Hmm. I'm just gonna finish this just, just just a little bit and then I'm gonna stop because I'm out of time. But 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 I I want you because I, now you you're gonna have to go back and read this all again. And you're gonna see everything that Lot begins to say, But right here, he's already arguing. No, not so. Uh-uh, something happened to me there. And then verse 20, Behold now, this city is near to flee unto, and it is a little one. Let me escape thither. Is it not a little one? And my soul shall live. I see there's a smaller place right here. See, that's us. God tell you what to do, and you're going to show him. That's like going in the doctor's office telling the doctor... What's wrong with you? Doctor's trying to give you a diagnosis. Now let me tell you what you need to do for me. No, God said, I want you to go to the mountain. He said, no, no, no. Hey, what about this little city right here? Why can't I go there? Because God said, I want you to go to the mountain. And by the way, the mountain that he was talking about is the same mountains that God made Abraham a father of many nations. He goes to the place called Zor. And that name Zor means a little place. And that's where we are. We want to... God tell us to do something we try to find something. Well, what about this? It's a little smaller than what I'm... Actually, that gives something little. I'm going to pick up here tomorrow. I mean, next week. Because if I go on, I'm going to get real excited because then we have to read all the way to 1719 and then we kind of have to find out about not being compromised and we got to go on but that was enough for you but listen no lingering because he lingered and we're going to see what happens and see we're going to have to rush through this next week because we got to get to understanding how to move forward after you have committed a loss but but I'm I'm closing in just where I need to be. He said, what about this little place? What about this little place? Why can't I go there? Don't try to tell God where to send you. Always remember this. The first place God tells you to go is the first place you need to be. Not the second place. Not the third place. Not the place you want to go. Wherever God told you first, that's where you need to be. Don't try to go doing no other stuff. And don't try to convince God. You're going to find out that little deal at Zohar and how, how I told you he looked back in his heart. You're going to find out how much trouble it brought to that family. You'll find out his daughters had sex with him to try to have children. All kind of wrong when you go into another place that God didn't tell you. After he told you what to do, and you're going to do it because it looks better. God didn't quite know it. This is what I really need. We always know better than God. Well, I don't believe God said that because this would be better. God wasn't talking about better. If an angel came. How many of you say, if an angel came and told me, thus said the Lord, I'm booking or I'm doing exactly what he says. So, let me see a show of hands. If an angel came to you and did it, you're going to do it. Well, guess what God calls this person in this house? Come on, oh Lord. Go back and read Revelation. There's angels that God has put over his house. I get it. I get it. you like, oh, well, now, well. Yeah, see, now, I get it. See, whenever you start doing with the package, you're like, uh-uh, no, 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 no. No, uh, go back and read. God put angels over the house. When you read in Revelation, it said in the angel, uh this, uh, Ephesus, and the angel, they're talking about the pastors in that church. So now all of you, if you lied... I ought to pray that God strike you down right now, right? Just just throw that in. But I just want you to know. See, we it's easy to say until you get the reality of it. See, you get the reality of it. It's like, no, wait a minute. Because after all, she can miss it. Well, that's where your prayer life comes in. If I said some, ask God. You ought to have a relationship with him that he can tell you if I missed it. But Lot looked back with his heart. In his heart. And it caused the whole family to pay. And he didn't go where God told him to go. And guess what? When he told the angels, what about this place? What if I go here? You know what the angel said? The angel said, be it unto you according to you, because we can't do nothing until you leave. If that's what you want to do, we told you what God said. If that's what you want to do, just do it, because we have to do what God... See, we're going to obey God. we got to destroy this city, and you're lingering. So if that's what you want to do, then go. So we can take care of our business. Biggest mistake of his life. Stand to your feet.